My son is an animal lover. His favorite animal changes often, but there is always a place in his heart for marine animals. So when I found this podcast, I knew we had to listen to it and share it with other marine animal lovers. It's called Dive In with Noah Fisheries. And that's NOAA as in National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Hi, I'm Andy Smiley, the Friendly Podcast Guide. I'm a mom who uses podcasts to fight the boredom and loneliness of motherhood and to entertain my kids when I need a break. And I want you to be able to use podcasts in these ways too. But it can be overwhelming to try and find a podcast you or your kids will enjoy in the thousands of shows that are out there. That's where I come in. Each week, I talk about different podcasts with topics ranging from parenting to pop culture and everything in between. My episodes are short and they answer your questions about the show so you'll know if it's a good fit for you or your kids or not. Now, let's talk podcasts. John Sheehan and the NOAA Fisheries team describe the show like this. NOAA Fisheries conducts the world-class science to support sustainable marine life and habitats. We manage millions of square miles of ocean, almost 100,000 miles of coastline, support a $244 billion fishing industry, and protect and rebuild endangered marine species and habitats. It's a huge job. Our podcast is about the work we do and the people behind it. The length of each episode is around 20 minutes. Before we learn more about the vibe of Dive In with NOAA Fisheries, we're going to take a quick break to talk about a way for you to up your podcast game with me as your guide. So you've started your podcast. That's an amazing accomplishment. Good for you. But now you're realizing that it could be so much better. One way you can improve your show is by scouring YouTube, Pinterest, and Google for podcast tips and tricks. But the more streamlined and personalized way to do it is to join my program, The Sounding Board. It's a small group coaching program starting on January 8th, where I will spend six weeks teaching you how to take your podcast from a decent long-term marketing strategy to the perfect tool to get you fully booked and stay fully booked. You'll be learning with a group of motivated podcasters, and we'll have an exclusive Voxer group where you can ask questions specific for your podcast and get feedback from the group. The sounding board will take your podcast from eh to excellent in six short weeks. Doors are open now, and they close on January 4th. If you have any questions, please email me at friendlypodcastguide at gmail.com. Or hop on over to Instagram and send me a DM at Friendly Podcast Guide. I can't wait to help you make your podcast the best it can be. Now, to get a feel for the vibe of the show, we're going to listen to a clip from the episode all about oceanic white tip sharks. You can always tell an oceanic white tip shark by its characteristic fins, the distinctive white patches on their tips, giving them their name, but also by their shape. They're like big, giant oars. In fact, the scientific name, Carcharhinus longimanus, in Latin means large or long hands. These guys have really big, broad, paddle-like fins with a white tip on the end. (laughs) And while once they were abundant, to the point of even being considered pests, now, after decades of population declines due mostly to bycatch and longline fisheries, such as tuna, 
oceanic whitetips are listed as threatened under the Endangered Species Act. The situation looks very bad, particularly in the Indo-Pacific region. The population could have declined by up to 99%. But in the United States, in the Northwest Atlantic, we do have declines, you know, 80 to 90% potentially. If things don't get better in the foreseeable future, then this species will be endangered of extinction. This is Dive In with Noah Fisheries. I'm John Sheehan. And today we're discussing oceanic white-tipped sharks and the forthcoming recovery plan designed to help this species back from the brink. Noah Fisheries creates recovery plans for species listed under the Endangered Species Act, which marks its 50th anniversary in December. My guest is one of the developers of the oceanic white-tipped shark recovery plan, Dr. John Carlson, a research fish biologist at the Southeast Fisheries Science Center. Dr. John Carlson, welcome to Dive In with Noah Fisheries. Thank you. It's really good to be here. So, John, let's talk about oceanic white-tipped sharks. Uh, give us some background. What are their populations like? Yeah, oceanic white-tipped shark is a, it's a pelagic species. That's a species that's found in the open ocean, pretty far offshore. But in some cases, depending on the oceanographic conditions, like if the water drops off very quickly as you get away from shore, like in the Bahamas, you can find them close to shore. Tropical, subtropical conditions, generally between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn is the majority or the main part of their range. They prefer temperatures between, you know, 75, 76 degrees up to about 81, 82 degrees. But it's interesting in some of the more recent research that we've been doing is they generally don't like temperatures above 82, 83 degrees. So although they like warmer water temperatures, there is a thermal limit to what they prefer or what they can withstand. Mm. So that's going to become more and more relevant as waters get warmer. Exactly. And that's one of the things we have on our radar is as climate change influences sea surface temperature, we don't exactly know what's going to happen right now, whether they're going to shift their distribution, become deeper. It's one of those questions that we have as we move forward with research for these animals. They do on occasion travel, like for example, off the east coast of the United States. In the summertime, they'll follow the Gulf Stream north. In fact, interestingly, the first time I ever saw an oceanic white tip was when I was in college and I was fishing for tuna in the Hudson Canyon off New York. And just as the sun was going down, when we started chumming for tuna, I saw an oceanic white tip shark fin at the surface. Oh, wow. And they were once very abundant. Yes, they were. In fact, if you go back and look at some of the historic accounts, like from some of the early fishery surveys back in the 1950s and in the 1960s when they were searching for tuna grounds for fishermen. And if you go back and you read those old reports, it's so interesting because they weren't catching a lot of tuna. They were catching a lot of oceanic white-tip sharks, so much so that they were a pest. There are accounts of scientists actually throwing sticks of dynamite off the back of the boat to deter oceanic white-tip sharks. Wow. They, they were that abundant in the 50s and 60s. And and. So what has happened? Because today they are yeah not. they're they're what what's I mean as we talked about in their fins um their fins are very valuable in the Asian fin markets to make shark head soup because of the large size the density of the fin rays within the oceanic white tip fins makes them very valuable for the market in fact fifty sixty U.S. dollars per kilogram or per pound are some of the values that oceanic white tip shark fins would fetch now although they were never really targeted. Most of the pelagic fisheries are targeting tuna and swordfish. What we would call them is desirable bycatch, meaning if they caught an oceanic white tip, they weren't going to let it go. They were going to cut its fins off and save it for that particular reason. So what had to happen was in the 80s, when the fin markets really started opening up, 
oceanic whitetips were a desired bycatch. So anytime the one was caught, the fins were lopped off. Now, sharks can't recover from that type of unregulated fishing practices where sharks are coming harvested and harvested and harvested. They can't recover like a tuna or a, or a swordfish. Oceanic white tips don't reach sexual maturity to probably around eight years old. They give birth every other year. They're not giving birth to millions of little babies. They're giving birth to four to eight pups or individuals at a time. So that is not the same productivity that you would see in like a tuna. Yeah. And we should we should note that in the United States, shark finning has been banned for a very long time. And and despite these bans overall on, on shark finning, oceanic white tip sharks continued to decline. Yeah, a lot of it was too late. I mean, they had already slipped off a cliff, so to speak, and were already on a severe decline. Wasn't that fascinating? I just love that podcasts help me learn about aspects of the world that I wouldn't even think about Googling. If you know someone who could use Dive In with NOAA Fisheries in their life, will you share this episode with them? Also, if you want to take your podcast from a decent marketing strategy to the perfect tool to help you get more clients and keep the ones you've already got, join my group coaching program, The Sounding Board. You can join today. Doors close on joining this program on January 4th. Talk to you soon. 